Hey everyone, Paul, Mike, and Travis here. Uh, before we got into this episode, we wanted to uh, just toss out a little PSA. I'm sure everyone's heard about Anthony Bourdain's suicide by now. And um, I know for me, he meant a lot to me. Uh, what did you guys think when you first heard about it? Um, obviously, it's, it's pretty sad. I wasn't, uh, I knew who he was, what he did, and it, heard few interviews and, and things like that. Never really got into his books, saw a couple of his TV shows. Sure, but sure. super interesting guy. Um, really cool outlook. Um, yeah, what I, what I knew of him, I enjoyed and uh, respected him. But other than that, I didn't know a lot about him. Sure. Mike? Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't know much about Anthony Bourdain, but uh, when I read that after Kate Spade's recent suicide, yeah. I thought, oh, oh man, another one? Yeah. And it really is, um, you know, there really is a real thing called the, the contagion where, sure. you know, the publication of that uh, might increase its prevalence. Um, and it's just, a, you know, it's just really a pretty devastating thing for everyone involved. You know, our company here has been touched by suicide. We had a, uh, a former employee commit suicide. He was the son of a of uh, one of our long-term key employees and oh man that was been before i got here right? yeah yeah and it was so that was uh and i think you know it's, with the increase in prevalence it's uh few and far between the people who in some way or shape or form haven't been um touched by suicide so you know i think paul you had the idea but we just certainly wanted to uh you know get the information there is help out there um sure yeah so paul paul's got a little story and yeah I, uh so you know, I had, I'd been married twice, and after the first divorce, obviously hit me pretty hard, and um, I kind of was doing the single thing of uh, frozen dinners and uh, that kind of stuff. And when I was a kid, I grew up in restaurants, and, you know, food and cooking has always been a passion in my family. <clears throat> and um, someone gave me his book, uh, Kitchen Confidential, which kind of details his entrance into cooking and, the, the, you know, kind of his origin story, and he talks about not only that but um life in the kitchen in a, in a commercial restaurant and uh i don't know what it was but it just sparked something in me and i started cooking again you know i don't i don't want to go to the extreme of saying you know the guy kind of that book kind of saved me but i think in a way emotionally it really brought me back you know to where i wanted to be in my life instead of just kind of you know moping around in this self-pity pool and and stuff and he just the book really helped me out Travis like you said just the way he had with words um he knew how to communicate he knew how to talk to people could get through all the bullshit and really just strip everything down and get down to to brass tacks and it really me uh the book and I want you know uh no reservations and then he had parts unknown and I tried to whatever he put out I just tried to consume and uh, so he, in that way, he he really meant a lot to me. And when I heard about it, you know, Thursday or Friday or whatever like that, it really kind of hit me hard. You know, we've had a lot of celebrity deaths lately. And I think for me personally, this one probably hit me one of the hardest. So like Mike said before, uh, there is help out there. 1-800-273-TALK or uh, 1-800-273-8255 is a National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you're thinking, having any kinds of those thoughts um at all you know like mike said there is help out there please reach out um there's also if you're not in the states because that number is is specifically for the united states for our international listeners (laughs) which i I don't know how many of those we have um there's the international association for suicide prevention and befrienders worldwide uh go online search them find it you can get contact information for crisis centers around the world wherever you are uh, so again, if you're having any kinds of those thoughts, depression is becoming, you know, a lot more prevalent. Not not that it is, exists more or less, but it's being diagnosed more. I think mental illness is something that's being taken a lot more seriously now, and it's kind of shedding that stigma. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, de- depression is a is a disease. So if you're having yeah. those thoughts, you, you do need to reach out and talk with someone. I mean, you know, if you uh, get a horrible physical injury, you're bleeding all over. It's pretty clear you got to go to the hospital. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> Depression um, and things like that, the, the, the mental traumas and depressions, there no, you can't fix that. You're not going to sew your own leg back on. Um, you need help yep. uh, with depression, too. Don't feel, don't feel bad about getting just reach out. Just make the call. Just go yep. ahead. If you're thinking, man, maybe I should, then just do it. Well, just do it and, uh, and get some help. Talk to someone because it can get better with help. So. Yep. And actually, 
to kind of show just how how bad it is, Travis, you did some research and you got a, a chart, right? That kind of yeah, it's just from the the National Suicide Prevention the the website, and uh, it's actually by the CDC this data and. Uh, Suicide is actually overall for for all age groups in the United States. As of 2016, it was the tenth highest leading cause of death in the United States. Um, and even scarier than that, it is actually the number two cause of death for ages 10 to 34. That's nuts man. in the United States. As young as 10. That's just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's what's reported. You know what I yeah. mean? And who knows what else is out there that's not reported? Yeah. Oh, for sure. So yeah. So parents, if you even suspect that your kids are depressed or going through anything at school, be supportive. Don't just dismiss it as, you know, oh, it's just kids being kids or he's just down today. And, you know, like we said, mental illness is shedding its stigma. needs to be taken seriously. It's just like any other illness needs treatment. So please, you know, please reach out. Um, Be supportive of your kids. And if you yourself are uh, having any kinds of those thoughts or suffering from depression, don't hesitate to get help. It really, it really matters because you matter. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Welcome to Mirror Finish, the official podcast of Great Lakes Stainless, Episode 7 with Patrick, and who has a long Polish last name, and I'm not sure how to pronounce. Probably should have Give it a shot. in here. I'm going to say Zajanskowski. That was horrible. Bastard. <laughs> All right. Here. No, I think you were right the first Thanks. time. Thanks. <laughs> I was going to go with, like, Johnson. But... Johnson. <laughs> Patrick Smith. Smith. We'll go with Smith. So, yeah. Uh, Patrick's out in the shop. He's kind of a jack-of-all-trades. Um, we caught him today working on the brake press, but uh, he does a ton of stuff out there, and it was a really good time. He's a really interesting guy. We talked about blacksmithing and snowmobiling in the UP. And... Yeah. So, yeah, it was a good time. So, um, yeah, like we mention uh, all the time, find us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and our website where you can get all the podcasts and see our Instagram feed. Uh, you can get a hold of us at mirrorfinish at greatlakestainless.com. Um, and this is episode seven of the Mirror Finish podcast with Patrick Johnson Smith. I like it. Yeah. Star, the star is here. I don't know about that. Is he sitting by the computer? Yeah, Probably. usually Paul's got a man the computer. That's how, that makes sense. Fancy dancy mic. Holy Toledo. Yeah, and the recording equipment's fancy too. <laughs> See what I did there? I did. <laughs> well, that's a nice mic. Pretty it's, fancy dancy. Well, my mic first gave it to me. And I plugged in my earbuds to it. I was just dinking with it at my desk. I could hear Sheena talking at her desk. <laughs> Holy crap. That could be awesome and creepy. I know, time. right? Freaking nuts, man. So, yeah, that's a nice little mic, you know. And, I mean, you could spend, Travis, you know, you could spend freaking crazy amount of money on mics. Thousands. Oh, yeah. Thousands and thousands of dollars on mic. Jeez. Like those Newman? Mm-hmm. Those are the big, like the Newmans, Royers. What's the other one? Royer. Royer. There's another one that's pretty expensive, yeah. yeah. Can't be anymore. So what's going on in the shop today, man? Uh, kind of a little bit of a scramble. Yeah? Uh, just, you know, last minute things need to, got to get them out the door. Sure. But other than that, I... Well, you're on the brake press when I yeah. just grab you, and that's not what you, you normally work out there, though. Just no, no, just kind of filling in because uh, uh, Mark needed a hand with a couple larger pieces. Okay. But, Okay. Yeah, I went on pretended to help him for a little bit too. Totally, <laughs> totally explained a lot of numbers to me that I still don't quite comprehend. Yeah, are you working on them cat condos at all? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Um, only to remove burns and whatnot. Everybody else has had a bigger hand in it. I think that's. Uh... Or have they had a bigger paw in it? Oh my! <laughs> uh, Lay out the corny hey. jokes. <laughs> oh. Wow. That's, see, that's the salesman right there. That's it what, is. That's, that's, that's why we're doing so well. Family-oriented. Yeah. Catch up. Catch up. So you said before, Google said, or according to Google's research, yes. if you want to, what is it again? Uh, increase 
like engagement or time on page or uh, increase your ranking on Google yeah, on their cool. algorithm. Uh, include cat pictures of cats. Really? That's it. Anywhere. So here's the official uh, digital sign list because uh, we got that new digital sign and we're going to yeah. talk about what we yeah. wanted on it. So we're yeah, going to announcements like events, grill out, company meetings, like the supplemental insurance meeting, you know, if we're going to have a pizza party or something. Uh, we'll do pictures of completed work, um, mm-hmm. trying to get birthdays on there, new hires and hire anniversaries, uh, the vacation calendar, safety corner, and cat pictures. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> literally on the list. Right there. Oh, my God. Well, cat pictures cat made pictures. the list. There will, be, there will be pictures of cats on the company board because who, who sees a picture work? of a cute kitten and gets angry? No yeah. one. Exactly. Is how we're going to carry GLS in the There's future. The, mm-hmm. yeah. Killing kittens with laser beams. <laughs> Have you seen the video? No. You need yet. to see the video. It, it's totally clean. It, uh, you, you, you're, Are any kittens harming? Well, you're a, no harming of kittens. You're aware okay. of the pygmy goats that faint. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a breed of cat that has that same genetic defect. Oh. They will do the same thing. Oh, man. Somebody took a video and then superseded laser beams with sound effect. Nice. Cat falls. Cat falls. Oh my it, God. It, it's it's great. Can you pause this for a second, Paul? Because I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to waste a half. An We're about, yeah, <laughs> right. I don't know if I'd call it waste. I can. I can. Right. It's an investment. Exactly. You know, uh, our reactions to it. Do, does does the video screen do video? It does do video. I had a hard time. Uh, it does video, but uh, oh, there you go. That would be good. I had a hard time linking it. To, there's supposed to be a YouTube widget, but I could not get that thing to work. So. Oh, yeah. Huh. Anyway, so um, you're helping out with the break. You're yep. finishing. What kinds of other stuff do you mainly do out there? Just kind of um, jack all trades. Kind of. Uh, if you're to look at the shop, brick and mortar, I would definitely be mortar. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right. I like that. Uh, I like if, there, that. if there's a gap, I, I try to find my way into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. There you go. Perfect. Is there one thing out there that you're more attracted to than another, or just? Um, not 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 quite yet. Um, I do want to get into welding, but in all honesty, I want to be able to grab a piece of metal. Put it on the laser, and from there, be able to take it full circle. Oh, I okay. I, I've been able to do that in previous jobs, and it's always served me well, and that is a short-term goal for myself here. Okay. What appeals to you about that? I, I like being the mortar guy. Okay. I, I like being, you know, having ourselves, yeah. you know, get caught in a pinch, Get, get stuck. I like being able to be the guy that, you know, people can go to to get things back on track. Okay. It breaks up the monotony a lot. It does. You know, it does. You because never know what you're going to be, be doing. Sometimes exactly. it sucks, but most of the time it's it's kind of nice being able to do that. Right. And, I mean, even if you love chocolate milk, every day if you drink chocolate milk, eventually you're going to want just regular milk. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's just the way things work. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. So, so or strawberry. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. Strawberry yeah, you know, I don't. always gave me the trots. I I, I can't get in. I don't know what it is about it. Took a, that took a deep <laughs> turn <laughs> south. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wow. I'm, I'm being honest. <laughs> regular milk. I mean, now I'm lactose intolerant. It's like bad. But when I was a kid, regular milk, chocolate milk, strawberry milk. No. The wife no, is no, battling with that issue right now. Yeah. Um, strawberry milk. Uh, the lactose intolerance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. Briars has an ice cream out right now, and so far, so good. Really? All right. Yeah. Good deal. That's interesting. Huh. Exactly. You know, it's like when we have ice cream stuff here. I don't have any. Because you'll never see me again. I'll be locked in that bathroom. You know what I thought about? Speaking of ice cream and uh, doing the same thing every day, when I managed the, for summer, I managed the ice cream factory up in Sutton's Bay. Oh, okay. And there was, uh, you know, a lot of variety, a lot of tourists, but some regular customers. And there was one guy every day who'd come and he'd get the same chocolate vanilla, a large chocolate vanilla twist, charged chocolate vanilla twist. I'd see him pull up. Okay. Get it ready for him. Uh, well, usually I didn't. I'd wait till he ordered. But one day I was like, ah, he's going to do it. So I made him a large chocolate vanilla twist. He came up and he's like, oh, 
I was gonna order shake. vanilla today. I'm like, oh, he's like, I'm just kidding. Was, <laughs> like, good one, got me. Oh. <laughs> That's great. Uh, it was pretty. It was pretty funny. So, what attracted you to GLS? Then was it the working with metal or being like a small local business or um paycheck? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big fan of paychecks. I mean, huge fan. But I uh, a hard time getting anybody. The only person I can get here to keep working here without a paycheck is Terry. So, <laughs> and you can't get rid of him. Yeah, right. We're trying. Him and he's trying. Still here. Coming back. <laughs> Even bought him an RV and everything. Uh, Just go yeah, on right. a trip. Uh, for a while, come on. Um, I, I, I like small business uh, versus big corporations. Uh, there, yeah, yeah I, I have worked for big corporations, and it seems the bigger they are, the less effective they're ran. Um, I imagine, yeah. you know, the logistics of it is maddening. But uh, I, I like the small business. Um, I've always been good working with my hands, so it was kind of a shoe-in. In recent years, I have had interest in working with metal to various degrees, and so it seemed like kind of a kind of an easy transition into what I have done and what I would like to do in the future. It seemed like a pretty good pretty good step. Was there something that sparked that interest in metal? Um, not not uh, not really. It's always been something, but one trigger recently was. Uh, Discovery Channel's got that. No, a History Channel. It's got that Forged in a Fire show. Yeah, makes swords and stuff. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've, I had been interested in that area for quite a while. Uh, never had the opportunity to do it. I thought this might be a good place to learn little things that necessarily aren't directed towards blacksmithing but would help me in the future sure. such as learning the different types of metals we work with and yeah. have you ever done any blacksmith anything uh, not 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 really hmm. um the opportunity might yeah G- wow. GLS medieval division www.forges.com exactly <laughs> uh, I've, I've just always been interested in it um the way different cultures solve different problems with yeah. what they had available at the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, the global market wasn't exactly what it was back then. And so to, to see different cultures work their way through the same problem but with different tools, I found it interesting, and I thought it'd be fun to dabble in such yeah. things. I was going to say, we did have a guy. Um, did you work Dave McConnell? Was McConnell here? When... No, I don't think so. I okay. saw the show with him on it. Yeah, yeah. He worked yes. here for a number of years, yep, and did blacksmithing. And, yep. in fact, he made a wrought iron handrail for Terry's house. Nice. Terry had on. him do that. But he was on – is that the show yep. he was on? Yep. Oh, yeah, really? So he was, yeah. Yep. I don't know that. A local guy was on that show? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, he worked he, here for – Calcasca. Yep, on Calcasca. Ah, yeah, he worked cool. here for a few years. Well, if he's one of the guys that goes out to Black Rock Forge, there's a there's a forge out on Supply Road. Oh, is there? One of the guys I used to work with started okay. going there. He got into blacksmithing, and now he like he lives down, he does it down in, down south in the winters, and then comes back up here in the summer. And hmm. they get contracted to do like gates and hangers, mm-hmm. shepherd's hooks. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Sweet. But he said there were some guys there that that are big into sword and knife making and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like an old school forge. You can, and it sounds like it's one of those places where you can just go and just learn to do it. Just right. start really? showing up. Right. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That would, that would be very fun. Become like an apprentice or whatever. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. and as far as I know, they got licensing uh, to various degrees, just like any other skill oh, really? trade does. So uh, there, there's a, I don't know how many varying levels there are, but I know there is a certificate that uh, states you are a master of blacksmith. I thought that is that be, when they can call you Smithy? <laughs> I think I think maybe. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I would feel about yeah, that. Right? Is it applying to Microsoft? Yeah, yeah. yeah Smithy, Blacks? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's a hell of a thing to have in your resume. I don't know. That I've ever seen that. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I haven't. I've talked to old farmers that you know they've heated stuff up and banged stuff around. Uh, sure. Yeah. Cobble things together, but yeah, I, I have not met anybody that actually takes the raw iron. Turns it into something yeah, yeah. usable. My uh, my my wife's dad, uh, he did that. Oh, nice. Um, you know, he made all kinds of things. He actually they owned a sawmill. He built a freaking sawmill in their yard, <laughs> and 
they were operating that for a while. And some, and then when he stopped doing that, he just did like fabrication and stuff. And he would do stuff, shepherd's hooks and little roses, decorative, yeah, um, flea market spindles, materials. You know, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, did pretty well with it, I guess. So. Good man. When I when I hear things like uh, you know he built his own sawmill yeah. with his bare right. hands in his front yard, you know my own estimation of my manliness. Definitely, yeah. It's a couple yeah, of days. Yeah. Like, uh, I changed the light bulb yesterday. Right. Yeah. The man card loses a couple points. Yeah. <laughs> I mowed the lawn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you said you like working with your hands. Is that something that ever since you were a kid? Yeah. Okay. Um, that's something uh, as soon as, as long as I could remember. If, if dad was going out to the garage, I was right behind him and mm-hmm. we were doing it. Whether it was, uh, he had a 69 Cheval back in the day. Oh, we used nice. to work on that. Um, snowmobiles have always been a part of the family. Um, used to take trips up to the UP, and I remember way back in the day when we used to get large amounts of snow. Uh, there was enough snow to snowmobile, but we could not snowmobile because it was hunting season. No snowmobile during right. daylight, so yep. we'd do night rides during the weekend, but you know, during the week, yeah, there was. No time for riding, so mm. as a kid, you know, you always hated hunting season. Sure. So, but can, yeah, you can't you can't partake in it. And yeah. All the uncles and dads, they're all off to deer camp, and you're just kind of twiddling your thumbs at home, wishing you could do stuff like ride snowmobiles. Yeah. And yeah, so from an early age, I, I've always done it, always enjoyed it. It's it's always made sense to me the way mechanics work. If you can simplify everything down to it being a clock, when something breaks, it's got a broken clog. If you can just find that cog, work off on that, it just, yeah, it just, it just, I don't know, it comes natural, I guess. Was your dad a pretty big influence on you? Absolutely. Whenever I am presented with life decisions that something I always keep in the back of my mind is what would dad have done oh, um cool. he he's always been a guy of superb integrity oh um, so not just oh yeah not, not just showing you what to do but as an example of how absolutely to work just ethic. yes uh, work ethic um how to conduct yourself as not only a human but a man a gentleman big in religion but yeah just teaching you everything a dad should teach you and it doesn't just apply to how to fix things or put things together but how to how to be nice there's got to be some good up snowmobiling stories um (laughs) there there was one uh we got lost surprise surprise (laughs) up well and i mean back back then i mean there there was no gps so it was all right I think we're about this far from this location. And so, you know, I mean, it, it's not hard to get lost up in the UP in the 80s. Once we did find our bearings, the storm hit. Oh, God. And, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. I'd say about two feet sight distance with how far the snow was coming down. Oh, and, I mean... It was, yeah, it was, it was bad. Um, I mean, you were, you were totally focused. The only thing you could make out is the brake light on the guy in front of you. And so you just prayed he knew what he was doing and that you could stop before you hit the same tree. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you guys on a trail then? Or just uh, I think so. Okay. Eventually. Yeah, I told you. That's right. At one point, I know we did end up on the main road, and we once we found the main road, we just we just drove the road. Yeah. And I mean, back then, uh, it, that far north, uh, I don't think I saw a plow once. Everybody was running around in chains. So yeah. I, I don't know that they did a whole lot of plowing with those local roads. I think a lot of it was just straight grooming and the snowmobiles constantly pounding it, it, packing it down. Just make, you know, throw chains on there and go. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was, being a young guy, you know, it was it was a little scary. But, you know, you just mind your P's and Q's and just keep going. and. Sure. Hope things work out. Sure. <laughs> they did, though. Yeah. So, 
Now, did you grow up and grow up in the UP or did uh, you, no, no? Just, just went go there, up there to visit. Yep. Uh, just grew up uh, right outside Kingsley. There, I spent pretty much my whole life. Once I moved out of the parents' house, I spent a little spell here in uh, Travers. But you know, once I, me and my wife were able to afford our own place, it was yeah, back back, to, back yeah. to Kingsley. Yeah, and so that that's. I like the small town feel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Kingsley's a nice little town. It too. is. It is. Um, I think it takes a lot of flack unfairly. It, I think nice it does. Town. I think it does too. Uh, especially you. with what they're doing with their school. Yeah. Uh, their their school, school is system. amazing. Yeah. Uh, they're they're constantly getting awards, not just on the state level, but on the national level. So to have that in your past, and then to see your kid going through it, you know, you got a lot of you got a lot of hope for them. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. How many, how many kids do you have? Just the one. Okay. Um, School age? Yep, she's oh. 10 years old. Oh, okay. Just finishing up fourth grade. Nice. Super excited about being in middle school next year. Um, fifth grade's middle school? Fifth grade yeah. Middle school? yeah. Really? I think that that, that's yeah. how it was when I was in school. Really? Wow. Yeah. Oh, Benzie's fifth down. to what? Eight? Uh, yep. Yeah, wow. And then we're sixth, seventh, and eight. Yeah. Well, so I guess that makes sense. Four years each school makes yeah. more sense than... Oh, yeah, right. instead of right. four, wait, four, right. three, four, or five, three, four. Yeah. Because last three, I knew, three. Travers, yeah. they didn't start the high school until 10th grade, right? No, there's this ninth, there's grade, yeah. ninth yeah, My son will be a freshman next year. Oh, will he? Yeah. No, so when I went to school, no, the junior high went through ninth grade, and you didn't go to the high school until yeah. 10th. Yeah. No, okay. When they yeah, had one high school. This is probably within the past 10 years, I think they've been they've switched to the... Nine I think so because my wife graduated yeah. from West, and I I am almost positive that's how that West was. was set up. That would have been ninety nine two thousand. Yeah, that was early. Yeah, early and that days was for West. Yeah, my they, sister graduated. Did she graduate? Ah, uh, man, I don't know. But anyway, she was in the class where her freshman year which was still at the junior high. That was the first that was when they first opened the East Junior High, so her class got split. Oh. Her last year of junior high, which was ninth grade. Right. And then her senior year, after her junior year, for her senior year, that was the first year they opened West High School. So her class oh. got oh, came right. back came back for two more you know, got split for a year, came right. back for two more years and then the senior year they got split again. Nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean it's gotta happen to somebody. Right, so. right. Yeah. yeah. That reminds my uh, like my first girlfriend in high school, her, she went to high school in Virginia Beach, which had like eight high schools, and hers burned down, and so <laughs> they had classes like in the mall. <laughs> I don't know how they pulled that off, but then they just they decided like not to rebuild and scattered her whole oh, school. Okay. That's crazy. Oh, wow. the rest. Yeah, it's like oh, that freaking suck, man. Yeah. Her friends just. So you mentioned yep. uh, watching the, um, the Forge and Fires on the History Channel. Was that? Um, you into history? Is that yes? Okay, what love about, history. What about history? Uh, all things of history, uh, cultural. Uh, I'm big into uh, military history. Okay, I love military history. Okay, um, just a time period that uh, I prefer World War Two ish. Okay, um, if if I can't get into World War Two, I prefer to get into the medieval. Uh-huh. Um, it just seems like the times in between those two, there was. Uh, there was such a battle with uh, technology constantly getting improved and tactics being about 10 decades behind it. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the, the Civil War is a perfect example, uh, lining people up in a straight line and oh. shooting at each other with rifled muskets. Yeah. I mean, that that's the epitome of <laughs> our tactics are a bit yeah. out of yeah. date. Yeah. Um, Didn't they have the Gatling gun developed at that time? Yeah, too? that's yeah, when right. it started so, coming yeah. out. So, yeah. And uh, artillery of various <laughs> sorts were starting to come into their own. And so, yeah, to have the tactics still Napoleonic was laughable. What do you think um, the reason was behind that? Why? Um, I, I think it's just... Uh, it's human nature that okay. once you start getting into your own way of thinking that it's hard to get pulled out of that. And when you compare today's militaries with past days military, they didn't train. They didn't have right. war games. Right. They didn't sit down and have think tanks where they decided, all right, how can we use best artillery? Yeah. They just went out there, did what they were taught from past experience, 
and that's that's all they had to work with. So I think that was a big part of it. From the way I understood it, once the revolutionary period started, it just kept going from subject to subject. And when the revolution finally got to the industries, it was just so fast that you know they they just couldn't keep up with the military tactics. You know, ten years. There was no cannons. Okay, now there's cannons. There's no rifling. All right, now we can shoot a thousand yeah. yards. Yeah. yeah. The the gap between technology improving and tactics improving, I think there was just such a huge gap yeah. that you know it. The numbers of the battles prove that it, yeah. it was it was yeah. bad. It was yeah. real bad. So do you think that culture kind of always chases technology in that way? Um. And I have a reason for asking this. I'll say answer and then I'll. Uh, I, I I would say no because you have a lot of cultures that um, they tend to deflect uh, technology. Oh, okay. um, Amish are the first ones that oh, come to mind. Uh, they're always trying to stay uh, pure sure. to what they believe, and so I, I'm sure you know some groups of people are quicker to pick up on it than others. But I I'd be hesitant to. Put a, mm-hmm. a general statement sure. on that. Well, the reason I ask, and Mike and I kind of got into this in the last podcast, is about social media. Because I think in general, it seems like society in general, like emotionally, was not ready. No, I think it, I think it is these. <laughs> I think though, they are completely comparable. Uh, they, one is a perfect analogy for the other. Yeah. Uh, social media it just came on so fast, and it is just everywhere now. Yeah. that all aspects of life are just trying to catch up. Yeah. Um, businesses are trying to determine, you know, all right, what is acceptable to monitor as far as employees oh, and okay. how they oh, reflect. See. So like hiring and looking at the Facebook page. Right. And, and, and uh, you got the constant battling of media outlets and whatnot mm-hmm. so i i think in the next five years i think there's a lot of learning that society needs to do to not so much rein it in but yeah. use it more responsibly oh yeah. i agree with you yeah i agree with you. because i mean we've we've heard it time and time again somebody put something online that has no thread of evidence or truth to oh, it yeah, whatsoever yeah. and it just yeah, runs yeah. wild yeah it's like oh yeah did you hear that exactly know, this politician invented aids it's right like, oh. and so i mean it's just a matter of time Probably before not. a story like that has a tangible dangerous effect oh. to everybody and so yeah, I mean that, exactly yeah. that'd be the only thing I would caution at but yeah. as far as trying to slow technology down I don't think that's ever benefited anybody oh I agree with you yeah I think the the technological march needs to continue yeah and it's I guess it's just kind of throwing it up to a hope and a prayer that society can follow without destroying itself yeah you know I kind of look at it as social media as kind of like a tool okay it doesn't matter. You can use that screwdriver to, to build something, oh. or you can use it to kill the neighbor's dog. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know what I mean? It's yeah, if, if you're going to use social media for for less than stellar purposes, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't that makes mean sense. Yeah. it's always a double edged sword. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I had blacksmithing. You're welcome. Yes. Wow. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done here, folks. Yeah, Thanks for tuning in. That makes total sense. Yeah, because you see stuff like how it helped in the Arab Spring, and you see how like, well, it's just uh, people we know. Their little girl lost her stuffed animal through Facebook. They found it in like Ohio or Iowa or someplace like that. Yeah, you know, and it's like, but at the same time, you see stuff people right. like like Alex Jones using social media to, uh, you know, paint somebody as they've done something they haven't, and it's right. just like. So yeah, that totally makes sense that it's it can be used for good or for bad, and hopefully more people use it for good. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So I kind of want to get back into kind of what brought you here to, to GLS. You know, we mentioned you working with your dad a lot, mm-hmm. um, and the influence that he had on you um, growing up. 
as far as work work ethic and everything. Are there are there any special projects that stick out in your mind that you worked with him that you like learned something specific um, that you were able to carry with you to you know as you got older and started uh, more more of a uh, a growth thing. Um, I started learning the the basics of uh, you know mechanics, you know righty tighty lefty loosey, all the way up to you know, all right, you got to learn your torque specs for certain aspects of the vehicle, depending on where you're working. Just having the the comfort, I, I think comfort level has a lot to do with somebody being able to learn and wanting to learn. You know, if you put somebody in an uncomfortable situation, they're, they're just going to want to do whatever they need to to leave that situation. Mm, sure. Whereas if somebody's comfortable... They're more apt to explore, experiment, be more willing to learn. Um, having worked with my dad the way I have, once I left school, it was easy to became, become a mechanic. And then once you start working on cars, it's not a far offshoot to be working on, all right, I can fix this lawnmower, I can sure. fix this snowmobile. You know, I can fix this mechanical piece of equipment here. Everything's ran by gears. Sure, it's the same uh, principles, exactly. just in a different application. Exactly. And so once you get the, the main uh, set of rules that apply to the field, it's easy to take that and expand it into other locations. And so I think just being able to build something or fix something to have something tangible to look at and appreciate once you're done with your work okay. uh, whether it's fixing a car or building the car I think the same kind of thing attracted me to this job was uh, job satisfaction um, a paycheck isn't always <laughs> enough Sometimes, oh, sure. sometimes you got to be able to look over your shoulder at the end of the day and be able to say, I did that. I um, doing landscaping, that was a big satisfaction for me. You show up to a job site and it's nothing but grass or dirt. And when you leave at the end of the day, there's trees and there's pretty flower gardens and decorative rocks and you have somebody appreciate what you have done both physically and, uh, you know, just yeah. cosmetically. Yes, this looks great. Thank you for your time, your energy. Uh, being able to have that, okay. that's always been big for me. So, I mean, not to downplay those who don't do physical labor, but... I've always enjoyed physical labor because it's easy to see your work after you're done. Okay. Whereas if you're working on a computer, yes, it's hard work. Yes, it takes a lot of brain power. But when you're done doing what you're doing, you can't hang it on the refrigerator. Right. What do you have? <laughs> you, just yeah. turn, you just turn the computer off. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go, you go <laughs> home. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's hard to, you know, at the end of the day, it's hard to, feel good about yourself without having to say, all right, I did this, this, and this, and then having to explain how difficult that was. Whereas uh, if, you know, I planted a bunch of trees, look, look, yeah, pretty trees. I did that. Yeah. yeah. So clearly a job is not just a job for you. No. It, it's something deeper. What do you think? Like, what is that for you? Like, why then, you know, why do you do what you do? Um, uh, once again, I think it comes back to the dad. Uh, having pride in what you do, no matter how big or how small it is. Uh, if you're if you're ranking the lawn, you want to do a good job doing it. If you're doing a brake job, you want to do a good job doing it. If you're making a cabinet for one of our customers, you want to make sure you're doing a good job. Yeah. Uh, just having the sense of pride in your work. Gotcha. Um, I, I think that for me is a huge motivation. I don't think I could see myself doing a job where, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, skill involved or, you know, 
if anybody could do it mm-hmm. or something like that. It, it's got to have something tangible right. for that. And I guess it's prideful, which could be dangerous, but it, it's nice and it feels good at the end of the day when you can look back at your work and say, yes, I get it, did a good job. And then anybody can look at your work and say, yes, that, that looks mm-hmm. like a good job. Even if they don't know anything about right, it, right, right. they can just look at it and appreciate it for what it is. Is there any, I'm just curious. Is there any any of the projects that you've worked on here uh, that stand um, out as far as one that you remember? Like, man, there, that was that was cool. There was a, uh, there was a couple. Um, we we made some uh, screens for one of our customers that held uh, big messaging boards. Oh, um, at, at the airport. Yes, was, yes, uh, the airport job. Oh, the big uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, like sixteen yep. footers, they were massive. Weren't no, they? that was for no. the that was DCA. Yeah, those big right. yeah monitors, Mufids. Yeah, yes, Mufids. yes, yeah. Uh That was my first big project when I got here. So to see them go somewhere looking the way they did, because I mean they they looked nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, nice. To have them go somewhere important. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, somewhere where somebody's gonna see it all the time. Oh, yeah. that, Millions of people see those. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it felt good to be part of the team that made that look good. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And that, where'd that go? That was. Uh, that went to DCA, Ronald Reagan, oh, International yeah. Airport, Washington yeah. DC, DCA. So were you doing? Uh, you did some landscaping. Was that what you were doing right before you came here? Um, no. Right before here, um, I was doing utility locating for a national company. And then that was pretty much the carved in stone. I have to be able to take pride. That that was the test for me. Can I do something that I don't care about? Uh, <laughs> and I <couldn't. laughs> the answer was no. And yeah. the answer was no. So when you utility located, like flagging, putting yep. the flags out, yep. walking around with a little wee wee exactly. Uh, even even if the locate was. Easy peasy, you're in and out, 15 minutes, you know, it, it was still a struggle to get through the day just because there there was no there was no sense of pride in your work, you know, there was no looking over your shoulder and going, all right, this is... I put those flags exactly. in. Exactly, I painted <laughs> that line right yeah. there. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. I mean... There, there were hard locates where, you know, you, you had to get in and out of five different manholes for three different wires. And the only pe- person that can appreciate what it took to accomplish that particular job is somebody who's already yeah. in the field. Yeah. And so, I mean, even the contractors we were doing the work for, some of them, you know, they had an idea. Yeah, that must have been tough. But it... it you got to be in those shoes in order to take the full comprehension of man that must have really sucked because mm-hmm. yeah. i mean here in travers there was a bunch of manholes that you don't want to get in that thing <laughs> and so you know you're you're crawling in there you know four or five times in an hour just to do this one locate and then when you're done you know, there's there's nobody there to say, hey, that looks great. Right. Yeah. And then so there's no you, right. And then you drive by the place a week later, and well, they started working, so all your flags are yeah, gone, yeah, the yeah. paint's yeah. gone. You can't even tell you were there. Yeah. And so then, yeah, there there's no evidence that you you spent all that time and energy doing it, and you you did a fantastic job, but there there's no way to prove it. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that because you talking about that and you mentioned, you know, large corporations before. I interned with General Motors in the summer oh. of 2000. Oh, gotcha. And, you know, as an engineering student, it's like, oh, boy. Yeah. Here we go. The big leagues. Yeah. It, like you said, no satisfaction. You, you know, you never saw the result of what you did. Right. It was just you did a tiny little part of this huge project that you didn't even know if it was going to, you know, result in anything, right? And the corporate culture was just—it's it insane, awful. It's it, insane. Everybody was out for each other. Yes, I had um, like was it my boss's boss came by and, and just offhand small talk. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing good. Staying busy. Yep, yep. I'm doing real good. You know, I'm, uh, not drowning. Staying ahead of it. And then five minutes later, my boss came up to me in tears. 
saying, what did you tell him? I'm like, what are you talking about? He just asked how I was doing. I told him, I was like, I just said, I'm, I'm keeping ahead of it. I'm, I'm doing fine. Well, he just yelled at me for not giving you enough to do. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, and they actually, the following um, summer, when I graduated, so yeah, the following summer, they offered me another internship, um, actually doing what my degree was in, because the first internship was in advanced purchasing, and while it was cool, it was not what I was being educated in. The second internship was, and it was like, it was stupid good pay. Back in 2000, they were paying interns 20 bucks an hour. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That, that was good money. You know, and then when I, after college, my first job was eight bucks an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and, but I was like, nope, no thanks. Yeah. I was like, I am not going back to that nightmare. Yeah. Some people can handle it. Some people, like me, I'm just like, nah, it's yeah. not for me. And like, I would have probably started because I graduated December of '01, so I would have started right away. They had me lined up to go to Kansas City, some plant they are doing, you know, manufacturing analysis and process control and stuff. It's like, yeah, that's my degree, but and it was going to start at like 45 a year. I mean, in, in 2001, starting at 45 grand a year, that's not too bad. Yeah, but I was like, there's no way in hell. No thanks. Yeah. So I came up here and I, like I said, first job, eight bucks an hour, soldering some wires together. Proc switches. Proc switches? Yeah. Nice. The cables. Nice. So and it's just. So I, your I, first job up here, was that at Optidem? Yes. Oh, okay. Yep. And so, yeah, I started there at the bottom doing whatever they needed me to do. And eight bucks an hour, and I was happier than I when I was interning because it was just. I totally get it. Yeah, the the culture is something completely different, especially if you grow up in a small town and you're not used to yeah. that kind of mentality. And like you said, it, it seems like you get that no matter where you go. Everybody is willing to cut your throat if it yeah. means they get two extra steps. Yeah, yeah. and it's and, like, I'm, you know, it, I'm sure it wasn't entirely just the, the corporation, but also the setting. Yeah. You yeah. know, just the, the rat race. Yep. The... 45 minutes to go 12 miles. Well, technically, the first 10 miles were 10 minutes. It was the last two miles that took a half an hour. Yeah. yeah. That kind of nonsense. It's just like, I'm going to I'm gonna have a stroke by the time I'm 30 <laughs> yeah. if I stay in this area. So I totally, I completely get that. Um, and where was that? What area was it? Was uh, that, that was, uh, the tech center was in Warren, but I was staying at Oakland University, which is Rock oh, Chester okay. Hills. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, so it was just hop on 59 down Van Dyke. Right down to the tech center, and yeah, 59 was a breeze. As soon as you hit Van Dyke, man, it was locked traffic. A, a couple of years ago, we put a new cafeteria in the tech center. We did. Yes. Yeah. I think yeah. I do remember hearing about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a cool place, you know, but nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, now, you, were, um, you were talking about how your dad influenced your professional life by example. Mm-hmm. Did those lessons drift over to your personal life too? Um, in some aspects. Um, as far as like the integrity? And yeah. The, the uh, I would have to say it, it found its way into every little cranny. Mm-hmm. Um, sports comes to mind. Sure. Uh, you know, I've always been a big stickler about, you know, you got to follow the rules. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's not a win. Sure. Um, quality. Yeah, uh, if, if you if you cheat or if your competition wasn't up to snuff or whatever the case may be, it kind of diminishes the win a little bit. Sure. And so then it kind of starts bringing into question, well, was it even worth it? Sure. Okay. And did, so, did you play any organized sports or um, anything? Not, not actually, not until I got out of high school. Okay. Um, when I was in high school, uh, you know, I was kind of doing my own thing. But once I got out of high school and started getting into more situations where everybody was on board for the same goal. I mean, school tries it, but, I mean, right. they're, they're uh, children. So, I mean. So, what, what sports did you? Uh, it was actually softball. Was it? Yep. Yeah, cool. A uh, little, little beer league. Um, yes. Down in Cadillac, the Pines. The Pines? At the yeah. Pines. Oh, yeah. I know and the so, Pines. Uh, they had a recognition in yeah. Travis's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was, it's a cool little joint. I mean, they got they got a nice little bar there, and they got a bowling alley. They yeah. still got the bowling alley. Uh, a couple of fields. Um, 
But that was the first, okay, everybody's willing to put forth the same amount of effort to accomplish the same goal. And if we fail, we don't get fired at the end of the day. This is kind of neat. Yeah, sure. So, uh, I think, yeah, if I were to look at it hard enough, I think Dad's influence has found its way into everything. Um, now that I'm a parent myself, I am challenged with the task yeah, of right. living up to such a large shadow. <laughs> challenge, uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. and, it, and it, is, <laughs> it is a huge challenge now that I am older and I realized... Uh, what my choices may have done to my parents <laughs> as far as the amount of gray hair they have. Oh, I was know, a horrible child. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. I was a horrible child. Uh, oh, I've got so much to get paid back for. Yes, yes. <laughs> you you uh, have a lot of opportunity. Though. And I have yes. a lot of opportunity. Yes. yes. I think that's... Uh, uh, I will say, my parents, they are still grinning ear to ear since the day I told them I was going to be a parent. They have been waiting for this moment for a long time. And so, yeah, uh, both my mom and dad, you know, they're just, they're just great people trying to teach my daughter... All the things they taught me, that's when you start realizing how much your parents really did for you. Mm, when when sure. you try to do the same thing for yours, what you what your parents did for you, that's that's when you start realizing, Mike, oh man, I was a horrible <laughs> child. Man, oh, why did I do that? Right. Um so yeah, and uh I feel particularly bad for my dad, um, and maybe that's why he is such an influence in my life at this age. Um, he used to drive a truck, um, and so he'd drive nights. He'd leave here to Traverse City at about 6. He'd drive down to Grand Rapids and then all the way back. Anybody who's been on a road trip, you know your mind just bounces from subject to subject unless you got somebody there to talk to or something to entertain your brain and so and I finally did apologize on my wedding night I apologized to my dad uh one day I just started thinking about all those rides he took down to Grand Rapids that's a three-hour drive Mm -hmm. that's that's a lot of thinking and Mm -hmm. I know for a fact I was a source of some of that thinking, <laughs> and so uh, I've always felt I've always felt bad about that, and so I've always tried to tried to challenge myself to be as good as my parents. There's no way I'm going to be better, but if I try really hard, maybe I can be as good. Maybe I can teach mine the things my parents taught me, and hopefully she, she learns quicker than I did. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of things uh, were you into in high school? Um, video games. Sure. Uh, I was huge into video games. Um, if it wasn't video games, uh, stereo systems and big mm. trucks. Um, what kinds of games did you play? Like what systems? Uh, I was big into computer systems, uh, uh, big into uh, RTSs, real-time strategies. Okay. Uh, going back to the the military, yeah. um, I, I I loved building up little villages and then building up their defenses and offenses and taking out the neighbor or yeah. teaming up with the neighbor to take out the other neighbor sure. or you know. What was your go-to game then? Um. Jeez, uh, I'd have to say as far as RTSs, my go-to was a game by Marcus, Microsoft called Age of Mythology. Okay. And, you know, it was pretty simple RTS style game. You start off in simple, humble beginnings, you know, just a few people and no resources, no buildings. And, yeah, you build your way up to, you know, the pinnacle of that particular culture and they let you pick different cultures from you know Egyptian and uh, they had Greek and Norse and so you know you'd take them from their very early stages in their civilization all the way to the pinnacle of it 
and then you know as you played kind of geeky but as you played you'd you'd learn about mythology you'd learn yeah. about history and so it was kind of a Two-fold game for me. I get to play a game and learn history at the same time. So oh, my yeah. my nerd meter was going off the charts. Oh, yeah. So that that was a big game for me. Nice. Well, I think what's nice now is that um, even though it's been kind of you know the the word nerd and nerd culture has been kind of appropriated, I think now more than ever, people don't have to be worried to be enthusiastic about exactly. what they're into. Yes. But like when we were growing up. You know, it's like magic, you know, card game Magic the Gathering. That was big. Oh, nerds. Yep. Right, nerds. Exactly. <laughs> yep. You know, I saw kids playing that in the hall, and then guys coming by and kicking the stacks of cards over. Yep. I don't know what happened now, because it's like, it's just more accepted culturally. Yeah, and you never know who has a gun. That's true. That's true. Very true. That's true. Yeah, that unfortunately. Nerd, yeah, that yeah, nerd yeah, might be a crack uh, shot yeah. on 45, so yeah. Yeah. leave those cards alone. I, I think a big thing <laughs> is uh, nowadays... Chicks dig geeks. Sure. Sure. You know, I wonder how much, like, shows at like the Big Bang Theory and stuff. Exactly. Have to do with that. Exactly. It was fine. It was good. You know? Absolutely. It's just, yeah, it's, it's a lot nicer now that you don't have to be afraid to say, yeah, I'm into this. And with the, the connectivity that the Internet's brought, you can always find a community. That, that's another thing. That yes. will offer you yeah. support instead of a line, you know, I've got a couple friends that are also into it, and that's it. Yeah. And, yeah, you can find pretty much any hobby or activity. There's there's a group of people that are out there. Yeah, just, that are into it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for better or for worse. For we've better or for those, worse. Open to those websites. <laughs> 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 Your wife walks in. What are you doing? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, shopping for jewelry. <laughs> That's good uh, stuff. Uh, one time I was in the hotel. I think it was in... Kalamazoo. I was out on the road and I guess it was a really long day or something. Got a late, so I ordered room service and the um, girl brought it up to me. Helps her comes in. And she's kind of cute and I see her look over and she's like, uh, Antiques Roadshow, huh? Dang it. I was like, ah, I forgot to change it to ESPN. <laughs> yep, busted. Uh, Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> look at that vase. <laughs> Can you believe that thing's 190 years old? <laughs> That's a great shape. Yes, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, you just see great shape. That's yeah. great. That's yeah. a good story. Uh, <laughs> that's, yeah. True story. Your man crowd's got a good story. Yeah, it's I think I... Looks like I pulled it out of a lint trap in the dryer. <laughs> <laughs> I went through the wash and laminated. Balled up, balled up a little piece of paper. That's what's left of my man card. <laughs> we should start cutting them out of stainless. There you go. Making man cards. Making man cards. Yeah, it's got a bottle bottle opener on it. Mm -hmm. I think think the shop does those, actually. You know what? They sell them. Yeah. What's that? I'm surprised. That website, the shop. You have one, don't you? Hey, he does. Oh, look at that. Man. Right his wallet. Patrick has a man card. (laughs) Man of stainless steel. I think you can open a bottle with it. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Wow. Well, I don't know. There's not much. Uh, that's it. There we go. Yeah. So what's coming up? It's a combination of the pinnacle, pinnacle of the interview right shot. there. Man, it's a stainless steel man card. The bottle opener on it. Yeah. I don't know. There's a pretty good trick. I think yeah. we should uh, get him out there. Uh, right now, I think uh, I think the big thing are, um, I think our kitty condos are on the way out. All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah say goodbye to those. What's yes. on the horizon, then, um, you guys out there? I'm not quite sure what it's going to or how it's going together, but I see a lot of bronze mm. getting gathered together. Okay. And so usually whenever we pull out the bronze or the brass, that means there's going to be something pretty fancy-dancy. cool shit. Mm. So we'll, we'll see what that turns into, but, yeah, that's, that's on the horizon. We'll keep an eye on that. But... Uh, this will be my first go around with the bronze. All right. What about you, Travis? What do you got coming up? On the road? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, a little bit on the road. Got, uh, you know, typical sales stuff. Lots of golf outings coming up this summer. <laughs> I'm uh, looking forward to golf this year. Yeah. You, know. you just got back from a big one, right? I did. A two-dayer. It was kind of nice. A little tan? Yeah. Red. Little tan. Tan. Red. Yes. Red. Red. My, my Irish jeans. That's how we tan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Thanks, Patrick, for coming on. Thanks for having me. Sure. Anytime. We'll have to do it again. Get you sure. on another time. Absolutely. Um, and don't forget to find us on Facebook, uh, Instagram. Our website now has uh, the Instagram feed on it, on the news page, as well as all the podcasts that you can listen to, uh, as well as an email address, mirrorfinish at greatlakestainless.com. So give us a shout. and love to hear what you have to say. Thanks, man. Thank Let's you. Thanks for coming by. You know that Paul, I can't stand him. I know. I tell you. Sometimes I just I don't know look at him and I just, I just want to hit him. I don't know how long I'm going to put up with this shit, but, you know. I now. can't believe you have, you have this this far. This far. Pretty, I mean, it's... pretty proud of myself, actually. Yeah. It's kind, of, a, it's kind of an exercise in yeah. endurance, how much I can take before I break. Yeah. Yeah. You ever just picture Paul when you're, when you're yelling at the kids? <laughs> Just kidding, Paul. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> Picture falling. <laughs> uh, uh.